I want to, as you turn there today, Mark 11, I just want to encourage, encourage you. Some of you have been coming to church here for a long time, been faithful members for a long time. But usually, you know, I, I've, I've really been here longer than you have. And I want to give you uh, a warning today. A spiritual warning. And this applies to you and applies to me. You know, I not only do um, the ministry, the pastor, and been the pastor for years, I've also been in business, been in the antique business for years, and I'm good at it. Lonnie, you're good at fishing. You're, you're, you're good at construction. Dean, I thought about you. You've sold cars for years. You can sell a car at the drop of a hat. You give them a lot of... Okay, I'll be at your house today then. I want a new one. Some of you are, are very good at what you do. And the danger... You know, I was thinking about Brian Lewan. He was a taxiderm- he taxidermist. I shouldn't say he was. He is. <laughs> He's good at what he does. And you get that way because of years and years and years and years and years of doing it. I can look at something. I can tell you what it looked like when it's done. I, you might look like it might look like junk to you, and you might be leaving. Oh, I'm so glad I left that with Pastor, and I'm and I'm saying I'm so glad he left that with me because I can see it done. And what what the danger is, you can become very comfortable in what you do. I'm very I'm comfortable here today because I've done it for so long. Years ago, my knees knocked. I was nervous when I first got up behind the pulpit. Now I just don't care. I don't care what you think. And that's a, it's a liberating thing. Yeah, I want you to love me. But I'm going to get up and say it the way it is, whatever, and then I'm comfortable with that. And you can get so comfortable in what you do because you've done it for so long that you just kind of get blasé about it, indifferent about it. I don't care. And I can get that way. And you know what? You, the sheep, can get that way. You can walk through those doors because you've done it for years. There's Pastor Mike. He's been here for years. There's Abe. He's been here for years. Here's Brad and them. They've been here for years, doing this for years. And you get comfortable. And that's a dangerous place to be in these last days is being comfortable. You don't need to be scared. But you must not be comfortable in your spiritual walk. I can't be comfortable and just because I've done it for years, getting up and say, well, I've got to minister the word again today, and, and I can do it. I can open my mouth. Have you ever seen me without being able to speak? I've always got something to say. What are you like? What are you just smiling? She's really smiling. Yeah, I opened my mouth. I got something to say. But you can come through this church into the doors here and, and, and just, just go through the motions. I'm telling you today, don't get into that right and don't get into that mindset where you just go through the motions. I'm coming to church to come to church. Then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You come through those doors to worship the Most High God. You come to worship a covenant-keeping God who sent his own son to die on a cross for you.
who redeemed you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So don't get comfortable in who you are. Never forget you're a child of God. That He's bestowed upon you authority, power, and dominion to advance His kingdom. I say this not just for you, but for me. Don't get comfortable in what you do. You might be good at it, but, you know, don't get lazy in it. Do the best. Come in here, you know, with this mindset, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to really listen to what the preacher's saying today, and then I'm going to apply it to my life. See, there's a difference. There's a difference. We're sitting up in the, the booth uh, announcing um, and that was an uncomfortable thing. I didn't want to do it. You wouldn't think a preacher would want to, you know, but baseball wasn't, I wasn't raised in baseball. And so I got to get up there and announce, and I only screwed up once or twice, but, you know, not comfortable with that. I had to get out of my comfort zone, see? So don't get comfortable. You see what I'm saying? And, and be expecting every time we come together. Amen. Mark 11. We're talking about the blessings of God, and just because of that little introduction, I'll skip part of the message. And you said, wow, that's good. I won't give you the review. I always give you a review. You know you're blessed. Amen. We've talked about and defined blessing, but let's, let's go on and pick up. <clears throat> Some of you weren't here last week, and so you need to hear it again. Mark 11, verse 23 We're talking about the power of words, how powerful your words are. Your words are containers of life and death. Your words are blessings to people or curses. Jesus said in verse 22, he says, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. We told you Dr. Hagen was praying on his knees at the altar one day, and God spoke to him about this verse and said, you got to do more teaching my people about the saying part, they're fine believing the word, but you've got to teach my people to say the word, speak the word. How important that is, is, is declaring and decreeing a thing. It tells us in Job, and it shall be established for you, and light shall shine upon your pathway. How can light shine upon your pathway if you're not declaring and decreeing light to shine upon your pathway? Psalm 147, I found this verse yesterday, verse 15. It's really good. It it says, speaking of our Creator, our Heavenly Father, He sends out His command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. So how does God do it? Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God. He created everything, but He spoke things into existence. God said, I'm not going to have you turn there because you know it's there, amen? God spoke, God said. It tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, that we are to be imitators of God. So if God spoke things into existence, you and I need to do the same. Amen? God never does anything without saying it first. 
God releases his faith with his words. Amen? So your words, when you speak them, you're releasing either faith or fear. You're releasing releasing either faith or doubt and unbelief. You're speaking curses or you're speaking life and blessings. Amen? We said last week that your words are containers that carry faith or fear, and they produce after their own kind. So what's this have to do with blessings? Well, I want you to see the importance and the power of words, because when you bless somebody, what are you speaking? Words. Okay? Spoken words program your spirit or my spirit, either to success or to defeat. Now, while we're there in Mark, and look there, I want you to look back. Look at verse, uh, oh, let's look at verse 12. Verse 12. It says, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. What did Jesus just speak? Well, it was a curse, wasn't it? He spoke what, though? Words. He spoke, the word of God spoke words. It says, and let's jump to verse 20. Jump to verse 20. It says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So that's where we just read to you, verse 23 and 24. Now, the disciples saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, have you ever seen a tree with roots exposed? All the time. There's trees out there, and some you can see the roots, and some you can't. But I want you to know, how did that fig tree dry up from the... So usually when you you speak to a, a tree, most trees you can't see the roots. But I want you to understand, when he cursed it, it started to dry up from the roots. A lot of times when you and I pray and we speak words and we speak blessings, do we see anything happen? Uh Uh-uh. Does that mean it's not working? The word of God's not working. I don't see... You know, the world says seeing is believing. But see, really, believing is first. Then comes the seeing. So you might stand and dedicate your child to God and lift that child before God and thank Him, and we've done that with my boys, and we've done it with your kids and your grandkids, and we speak blessings over them and protection and how they'll get born again, filled with the Spirit at an early age. They'll prosper being healthy even as their soul prospers. We're speaking words and blessings. But what happens many times, have you ever had kids that just didn't behave? Grandkids that didn't behave, Grampy. That's when you send them to the swimming pool. Can do that and stand. 
But just because you speak the prayer and the blessing and you don't see anything right away doesn't mean God's word isn't working. We put our faith in the word of God, not in what we see or don't see. That's why I want to encourage you when you speak over your kids, you speak over your finances, you speak blessings over your pastor. Thank you. You might not see it happening right away. Just don't be moved by circumstances, what you see and what you hear. Just say, oh, Father, your word I've declared and decreed, and it shall be established for me, and light shall shine upon my pathway. And you go on, thanking him that the blessings of God and the word of God are working. The word of God is working in their lives. Amen. Proverbs 6, 2 says you're snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken by the words of your mouth. Proverbs 13, 3 says, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. Well, that's a good scripture. What's that mean? Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. You know how I've gotten in trouble and you've gotten in trouble? Oh, don't look at me like I'm the only one that's ever opened my mouth and inserted foot. Right? We all do that. We open our mouths. But as I said last week, you, you open your mouth, those words come forth, they're gone. You can't take them back. Oh, yeah, God's a God of mercy, and you can pray, God, forgive me for what I've spoken, what I've said. But once those words are declared, amen, we need to understand the importance of that. Proverbs 18.21, the Message Bible says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. So every time you open your mouth, you and I can choose. Life or death, blessings or curses, Poison or fruit? I'm going to read to you, and you don't need to to turn there, but just listen. I want to read to you from the Scripture, from the Message Bible. It says, if you grow a healthy tree in Matthew 12, it says, you'll pick healthy fruit. If you grow a diseased tree, you'll pick worm-eaten fruit. The fruit tells you about the tree. What do words tell about people? Their heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're around an individual long long enough and you listen to the words, you can size them up. Can't you? You have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you're so foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There'll be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Say that with me. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. Okay, I'm going to read to you from James. All dealing with words, which has to do with blessings. Um, let me start with verse one. It says, don't be in a rush to become a teacher. My friends, teaching is a highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards. None of us are perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. (laughs) Amen. 
If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. Are there any perfect people here today? A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, go up and smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. Think about that. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. The tongue runs wild. It's a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Wow. You might get upset with somebody and curse them and get mad and say something about them. They might not even be a born-again believer but they could very well be someday. And they're created in the image of God. They're spirit beings. My friends, this doesn't, can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? So it's important. Your word's important. Peter says, summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you, no exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. Say, my job is to bless. But you didn't say it like I did. My job is to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day filled up with good. How many of you want to embrace life and see the day filled up with good? Here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. God looks on all this with approval, listening and responding well to what he'd ask, but he turns his back on those who do evil things. I told you last week, that how many of you know and understand there's the sins of commission, sins that we commit, and there's sins of omission. And what I meant by that is, if you know in your heart that you should say something and you don't do it, it's sin. So if you've got an encouraging word, you know, I've I've been trying to do that lately, is total... Peep strangers. I went up to a woman yesterday, uh, a couple, their kids play ball, and, and I've been around them. I, 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 I observe a lot of people, and, and I've, I've got these tendencies. I just like the characters. I like the rough ones. I'm not drawn to religiosity and people that are religious. I want the real deal in front of me. If they curse, I don't care. Don't bother me. 
They can let whatever word fly, but I can still like them. And I, I went up to this woman and I said, you know what? I like your husband. He's a good man. And she went like this. Smile like, why would you say my husband? Well, he's a good man. I don't even know if he's saved or not, but he's still, I liked him. Use your tongue for something. Encourage somebody. You go to the doctor a lot. I'm dealing with a man now that's diagnosed fourth stage cancer, but he's always telling me how nice the nurses are and how nice this and how they treat me. Say something good. Dear Lord, say something good about your church. Say something good whether you like my ugly mug or not. What are you laughing for? You've got no choice but to love me. You might not like my style. It's unique. I'm very brash and bold and in your face sometimes. That's just my style. But the Lord spoke to me by the Spirit. He said, when I turn 58, I will be entirely different. So there's two, three months left, and then you're going to get a whole different person. Not. Ain't going to happen. You're going to get me. But say something encouraging. You know, the other day I, I prayed with him. We got done praying, and this guy here says, I, I wrote, wanted to write you a letter, but I didn't know how to write it, and so I'm just going to tell you. And he says, this isn't easy. And I thought, oh, my God, what's coming? He's leaving the church. He says, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you. Encourage somebody. Use your words to bless somebody. You might not like them. They might be nasty. Bless those that curse you. But, you know, our, we're so quick. I'm, I, I'm off the subject, but I'm, I'm on the spiritual subject. We're so quick to cre- be criticize people. I, me included. I called a gal at McDonald's. She didn't see me because she's in the car ahead of me. I called her an idiot. Because she was displaying idiotic behavior. I want to go get out of the car, Steve, and yank the phone right out of their hand, put it on the ground, and step on it. Instead, I should have said, oh, bless, but it was early morning. I don't function well early morning. My faith doesn't get started till after 11. After so much coffee, then I turn into the love pastor. Before that, get out of my face. Oh, you're laughing because you're the same way. We're so quick to be critical of things and use this little member, this tongue, to criticize somebody or to curse somebody or they're ugly or they're stupid or whatever. How many? Don't raise your hand. Because if you don't raise your hand, if I asked you to raise your hand and you don't raise it, you're lying. Because everyone in here has a tongue. And you might not be as vocal or verbal as, as, as me, you know. And that's one reason I don't want, when I do the announcing, I don't want to get up and say the wrong thing. I told you what her dad did last week. I would hopefully not say anything like that. Tell your mate you love them. I don't tell her that enough, but I do love you. 
I'm working on you. I do love you too. Sins of omission. How many times should we tell our mate or our kids we love them? Our boss that we appreciate them. Our neighbor, even though their grass is this high. I ain't going to say I love you. It's just it's going to have to be a lightning bolt before I do that. What? I went, well, I did that today on the way to Stanton. I was doing this. You know how you do that? If you're a true Nebraskan, you can drive the truck. and It's a universal love sign right here. Make sure it's his finger. I know you've never done that before. Boy, we've gotten real. You know why we're off the subject? Because this is what you need to hear. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Why don't you go on? Because I think I said enough. Brad, in the days ahead, know when you've said enough. Then shut the Bible. Shut up. And let the words sink into the people. Stand your feet this morning, would you please?